Welcome, Pathfinders, to the Find the Path podcast, episode 29, as we continue to make our way now into the beginning of book two of the Mummy's Mask Adventure Path, Empty Graves by Miss Crystal Frazier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where hopefully we fight a bunch of undead. Or hopefully, yes, tons of undead. I, I, and this, I'm, I'm on the team yeah. not hoping for that, but that's only because, like, <laughs> I get to do non-lethal damage, but, like, undead are always immune to that. You can do you lethal damage. You can do lethal damage. damage. Have you played a monk? What is your life? I know, but I, I one of the things I really like about the monk class is that I can choose to do non-lethal damage, so technically, Sudi doesn't have to kill any living things. You can okay. pick up tiger style and do lethal slashing damage. Yeah. Oh, that was so cool. <laughs> you should do that. Yeah. Eventually. So, yes, when last we had left our heroes, having escaped from the City of the Dead, they had entered into the City of the Living, went and checked on Falto for a little bit, determined that he had some of the... He had the mummy rot. Yep. Like you do when you're going through a half-dead city. <laughs> Met up with Tetmanib, who had uh, provided the party with a glimmer of hope in the form of he is capable of casting remove curse and remove disease and hopefully getting Falto and perhaps some of the rest of the party back up on their feet, at the very least back in fighting shape, since everyone's in pretty bad shape. I was going to say, all of us have something. No, yeah. not on yours is this good? No, you, you took care of on yours is uh, oh, mind fire. Oh, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, his disease is fixed. He was the first to be fixed. Yeah, but no, he's definitely still cursed. So he's, he's cursed. All the re- the rest of us have filth fever. And then Sagira is also cursed. Sagira is not having great luck. Yes, yeah, it's, it's definitely not Sagira's. I hope that the second book is better for her. Uh, I guess we'll see as far as that goes. The realization of this came to me not too long ago. I'm pretty sure everyone in this party, with the exception of Onuris, has actually been diseased since episode 10. <laughs> yeah. But with how many episodes are crammed into a single day, <laughs> it's taken you this long for them to actually gestate into uh, being, or incubate into being a problem for the party. Yeah. So now the entire party stands Onuris is sick. Onuris is finally back up on his feet, although cursed. Following that, you guys had made your way to the Sunburst Market, where Sudi and Sagira are planning on pawning off various stuff before Sagira needs to go in and check up on uh, her own personal issues pertaining yep. towards the man possibly responsible for the murder of her mother. I made an appointment. And Citra and Onuris had decided to make their way to the temple. And much as we did previously, uh, since the party is split... We are, in fact, splitting the group. So I have Jessica and Jordan here on my left and two empty seats here on my right. It's kind of uh, weird. You can just stare across. And I guess you guys could have sat across. Yeah. I mean, we, we could have. <laughs> it's the lazy part of me that didn't want to have to recalibrate Jordan uh, Heather's cre- mic. Yeah, he could have crept over there into, into Heather's seat and steal all of her luck. Oh, um, man. <laughs> from well, from our it. own internal experimentation, we know that no, nowhere that where Jess and I seat, sit is going to have good luck. It's just not in our cards. That's true. Like mm. That's just never worked, no matter what kind of juju we do. So Heather and Rachel are going to give it back. And it's like, so what happened? It's like, yeah. We yeah. died. Jess and Jordan died. <laughs> They're dead. I'm sorry. Another, another crocodile attack, and for some reason, the front line just wasn't able to deal with it. I yeah. The other three crocodiles. Yes, the uh, the party upon arriving in the Sunburst Market had uh, found that one of the albino sacred albino crocodiles kept by the temples here had gone rogue. Mm-hmm. Which uh, somebody, somebody threw out the name Sobek. I don't remember who it was in the last episode. Yes. Is that so- the name? Sobek's children are angry. Yeah, okay. Because that was one of those things where I was like, is that right? Because I don't, th- I don't remember if the crocodile was actually named Sobek or if it was like the moniker for the 
the group. No, but you know, Sobek's a crocodile god. Yes, so they are yeah. sacred to Sobek. Uh, they are also they're generally considered to be sacred animals. Just period. Yeah, and they look real cool. Yes. So you guys had successfully managed to, well, I say you guys, Sudi managed to run up, get bitten, and then Onuris calmed the animal. <laughs> yeah, Onuris had like the best time spell ever. Well, it's, yeah. it's funny because you don't actually see... Calm animal? Yeah, well, it's it's rare for someone to actually take the animal domain unless they're a druid that took a domain instead of an animal companion. And yeah. so Onuris actually has the uh, animal domain feather subdomain. Yeah. yeah. So Onuris is really good with birds, yeah, uh, which may eventually be pertinent. Regardless, though, that calm animal seemed to have been rather timely, and so you just gently corralled the uh, the thing in. I was expecting on or expecting uh, Sudi to just beat it in the face with non-lethal damage until you just shoved it back. That in was the water. yeah, that that was pretty much my plan. <laughs> so you know, it's 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 kind of that thing where it's like, well, I don't have any magic I can use on it. I guess I'm going to pummel it, you know, like you do. So yeah, we've split the party. The two of you stand in the sunburst market, the rising sun painting across the temples here. The crocodiles, once again, back into their sacred pool, their font, glit with gold along the bottom of the pool. Uh, white stones surrounding you now splattered over with red drops of blood from the two individuals that were attacked previously. One who'd managed to be saved, the other man not as fortunate. The priests would make their way over, consoling the, you guess now, widow, judging by her reaction to the man that was dragged into the water by the crocodile, That's as it. well as his uh, half-orphaned son. <laughs> I'm going to go with half-orphaned. Half-orphaned son. What, 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 what are the stats <laughs> of that fatherless, template? His fatherless child? No, half-orphaned half is a new race. Uh, <laughs> he's, yes. He's, he's half-orphaned, just you like half the, uh, You take the ancestry feed. It's a whole thing. Yeah. Oh, uh, we've switched to second edition now? Okay. okay. Let me get a new character sheet out. <laughs> the, so, yes, the, the now fatherless son who would weep in the arms of his mother as the priestesses of the Temple of Phrasma would console them. The priests of Phrasma would collect the body, speaking to them before taking the body and taking it back to the uh, Grand Mausoleum, so at least he doesn't really need to go far to get the uh, attention of the priests of the dead. They should do that burial for free. There's probably going to be something arranged, I'm sure, just to keep them from suing the temples for their... They go to Abadar and they say, Abadar, I need to sue Phrasma (laughs) for her crocodiles. And Abadar's like, okay, we hate those crocodiles. <laughs> they're, okay, they're, they're clearly a public public health crisis. Oh, no. We've been telling them to build a fence. Anyway. Oh, God. <laughs> anyway. People um, just dangling their babies over. No, so, as, <laughs> as previously stated, the various merchants and shops have taken the time to collect their items, their wares. A few of the stalls have been knocked over during the chaos that ensued following the attack of this vicious crocodile. All of you watching the crocodile as it would slink back into the water, eyeing the surrounding other crocodiles. I believe Sagira had stated uh, keeping an eye on on Isra, mm-hmm. just in case. Yep. You can only assume that the animals, almost more so than the people here, can sense this this change, this building energy of malevolence that seems to permeate the air and all of you. As much as you are initially already aware of the dangers facing the city, probably view this as a sign of the potential threat rising now that this thing is freed. Yeah, it doesn't bode well. How's uh, <laughs> how's Tefu? Is that a good place to be? Have you ever, you ever heard about Tefu? I know nothing about Tefu. You know I've never left Wati. Well, me either. But we can't talk to Onuris about his travels because he doesn't tell us anything. Well, uh, we have a few more pressing issues right now. Well, no, we need to sell this loot. Sudi, we're going to sell this loot. And then we're going to go to the police station. 
I don't know what they actually call it here, but I'm calling it the police station. The precinct of left eyes. The precinct of left eyes. All right. The rest of TLC is unavailable. <laughs> left eye Lopez. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wow, we just dated ourselves really 90s. heavily. 90s. That's yeah. your 90s reference. We, You're welcome. Yeah, I was going to say, we just dated ourselves pretty heavily. That was, welcome, that was, that was actually an, a fairly obscure one, too. Left Eye Lopez. <laughs> That's what Left Eyes make me think of. Oh, man. All right. Uh, so I guess, let's see, the best place to sell, I'm trying to think of how many antiquities we actually had, because I know we're saving some of it for the auction. Here's what we'll go ahead and do. You would all collect yourselves, push your way through the crowd as you make your way forward. Most of the market here would actually go back to functioning business within about 10 minutes. The priests would make their way forward. They would collect the bodies. They would make certain that everything is cleared up around the edge of the font here. I think I said that they erected some, like, a rope uh, lines around the... They roped off this area to make sure people don't just stumble into the pool. I've got one of those little cones that just says, Danger, slippery. <laughs> uh, the voice of the spire, are of course, not present as they are still all manage- manning mm-hmm. their positions. And you would hear some grumbles amongst the people here over there aren't as many priests available now. This could have been prevented if if the number of priests that were usually here were actually here and working. It would actually take far longer for the city guard to show up than you anticipate in Wati. Huh. The Wati city guard are usually on the ball. But with all of the other problems that they've been dealing with throughout the rest of the city during this, the lottery, and then having a hundred something adventurers crowd into a city which boasts a population of seven thousand, mm-hmm. uh, increasing the the need for the the city guard. Most of the market stalls here. You're not going to find a single place that it's just I can show up to this one stall and they'll take care of all of these items. Mm-hmm. We got it. We got to go to go the shop. To, here's the weapon shop. Here's the armor shop. Here's the boot store. Here's where we sell cloaks. Mm, mm, fair so your options right now are you can use bluff or diplomacy to either gather information about people or, or gather information on where you can go and convince them to sell haggle back and forth. You may also use your appraise, although the appraise DC is slightly higher. I have none of these things, so I'm um, not going to be of any help. My appraise is better than my diplomacy. Thankfully, neither of them are dexterity. (laughs) Sudi can aid another with any of these. I will attempt to aid another. Actually, hang on. What are you going to roll? Appraise. Okay, I can take 10 to get a 10 and aid you. Okay, I think I'm going to roll. Who knows how that's going to go? Yeah, we'll see. Not great. Doesn't go great. Oh, boy. Oh, no! We're split again. I'm going to roll so many ones. Also, (laughs) just our natural finicky luck is going to show through. In the one with Rachel, I I rolled so many ones. Oh, boy. It was an inordinate number of ones. Oh, boy. All right. Well, this is going to be an interesting adventure. Hang on, everybody. Well, I rolled a a one. I get a six. You rolled a one? You get a six, you said. All that to say, you you rolled a one I rolled a one. I got a six, but with two, that's an eight. Oh, boy. We're going to have a hard time. Can I not watch local? <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, no, because all of the shops are just overburdened with things. Hmm. So you may make an appraise check if you so wish. Okay. I'm going to take 10 to get a 10. I'm going to roll you. a 10. I get a, an 18 plus 2, which is 20. A 20, you say? That's better. It's average. <laughs> Which is better than a nat one. Yes, yes, yes. yes. So here's how this is going to go. You all set off making your way through the crowded streets here. 
again, just pushing past people through the crowded marketplace as you make your way forward. The stalls here are overburdened to the point that you could negotiate back and forth. As far as your antiquities are concerned, you could pull out and it's like, look at this gold funerary mask. And they're like, great, I've got 15 of them and no one's buying. Mm. (laughs) The magic that you have is still a viable resource because that's something that they can trade. So with your appraise check, they will give you market value. So half of the value for the magic items. Okay. So selling that standard. Okay, I'm going to actually start taking some. You are only being offered 75% value for any art pieces. A number of them, when you're just kind of like, well, I'm just trying to offload this, these art pieces or this papers and everything else, they're like, well, there is the Canny Jackal, which is a local auction house, is going to be doing an auction in three days. So they would reference you back to that. Those of you who wish to make me a knowledge local. I will do it. I don't have that. I roll. Okay. Um, I get a 19. The 19. The Candy Jackal is the local auction house. It is the primary auction house in Wati. Although smaller auctions are done elsewhere, it is the only one that is large enough to accommodate a larger group of people. Hmm. Mostly the Candy Jackal actually sees nobility. People that have the money to burn on art pieces and ancient statuary and all the rest of that. Finding the Candy Jackal is rather easy, okay. considering that the Candy Jackal is located off the Sunburst Market. Oh, okay. Even Sudi would be like, oh, okay, it's the place that has the big jackal statue in front of it <laughs> that I can see from the steps of the sanctuary. Hey. Um, or the Grand Mausoleum. Okay. If you make your way over there, you can feasibly put your names down. For like a, what, consultation or whatever it is? Well, that you are interested in selling this. Oh, okay. The, propri- the proprietor there would take your names down, will take down the name of your group. Because the auction that's going to be taking place in three days is restricted only to the participants in the lottery. Ah. And then they would tell you that you need to, before three days pass, you need to come and provide them with the lots that you're going to be putting up for auction. Okay. Okay. Which I believe you'd left all of that stuff uh, with on Eurus for him to sort through and determine what would actually be. Yeah, because we've got a bunch of papers, but we just kind of grabbed a bunch of random stuff. No. We wanted the papers. Yeah. I will point out that any non magical, non art piece items that you might have, so if you have something like, oh, I've got a dagger, or oh, I've got this thing that's not magical, it's only selling for a quarter value right now. Quarter value. Okay. So Uh, potentially you might be able to make an auction lot for here's a giant lot. For everything else. First, Mummy Mass doesn't want to give us anything to heal ourselves with. <laughs> now they're making it hard for us to sell stuff. Now they don't want to give us any gear. That's not I, cool. I will actually point out, and this is it's going to be up to you whether or not you want to sell this stuff for half value. If you roll particularly well at the auction, you can get more than half value for your magical items. Ooh. Because it is bartering. We have a fair amount. I mean, like we've got like spell books and stuff. So Your understanding of how the Candy Jackal works is the Candy Jackal mostly caters to the adventuring type, tomb robbers and so on and so forth, although sanctified or sanctioned in that case for going to the tombs outside of Wati. The necropolis was off limits, but people have been going to the surrounding pyramids for the past seven years since the pharaoh lifted the ban on that. Mm -hmm. The nobility of the city oftentimes go to this, where they'll rub shoulders with one another, drink their little flutes of wine and all the rest of that, have their hobnobbing party. They also enjoy having the actual adventurers there, because then the adventurers can go around and go, and they can go, oh, well, look at this interesting statue of what appears to be a pig. And then the adventurers can go, yes, I had to fight my way through three gelatinous cubes to get this pig statue. <laughs> and they go, oh, well, I'll pay more for that. It I has see. a story. Okay. Uh, so we have, we have to go sell our 
sell our lots. Okay. And, and well, I mean, you can again, you can choose to sell uh, your magical items with that appraise check for half value, or yeah. you can attempt to put everything feasibly into lots and hope that you get full value. Um, Let's not do that because that is dice luck dependent. <laughs> but if it's three days time, we'll have Onuris and Citra with us. But I want money now. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead and bounce me a d4. Which of us or both of no, us? It just goes the primary on it. Oh, okay. I get a three. Three? Throw. Uh, so it would take you about five hours of navigating through the city streets, going to various merchant stalls, going to various merchant businesses, haggling and yelling at them before you'd be able to sell off the potions and scrolls. And I don't think you found much as far as magic weapons were concerned. Um, the spear that on your Oh, that's true. Keep. So you would spend most of the day doing that. I imagine that you'd stop at a, uh, like a kebab vendor and pick up a skewer of meat at some point and just get something to eat. Oh, yeah. And one for the kitty. And one for the cat. Is where it it probably needs to be like two. It's like, that's a big old cat. It's a snack. She's grown. She's small. She's grown. She's mechanically small. Yeah, I guess it's true. <laughs> so. sized. Okay. And then I need to buy a talisman. But I imagine somewhere that we're going would sell magical trinkets, so... Yeah, you'd be able to pick up the talisman during your, your shopping spree. Okay. So, following this, the sun would reach its zenith before beginning to make its way... Uh, steadily into the west as all of you, I, or as the two of you I suppose would collect yourselves knowing that Onuris and Citra probably had a much easier time with that, although they're probably back at the Tooth and Hookah tending to Falto or sorting out the various items that they're trying to put up for lots. Um, yeah, and I had an appointment. I don't know when that appointment was for. I just know it was for this day. We'll say that it's at four. Okay. So you could make yourselves comfortable for the rest of the afternoon, go around, probably stop into either a, a tea shop or stop someplace and grab a beer. It's Osirian, so it's beer for basically breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Yeah. yeah. It's safer than drinking the water. Probably. Definitely. Oh, why? The Sphinx, as much as it, or the River Sphinx, as much as it provides uh, life and food for the entirety of the nation of Osirian, still not the best place to drink from. That's also fair. crocodiles. So, oh, yeah. yeah, you know, we already had our uh, our daily our daily dose of crocodile interactions. So yeah, <laughs> definitely round two. <laughs> Jump back into the pond. So I suppose then, as the or as the afternoon would wear on, you know that you're not going to be able to meet up with uh, Tetmanib until this evening, since he seems to pray for pray for his spells later in the day. Mm-hmm. Unlike Onurus, who seems to be praying at dawn when the sun rises and Horus returns back from his battle in the underworld. Do we even know that that's when he prays? Because he's he mentioned it. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's mentioned it before, and it's yeah. He prays for, in the hour leading up to sunrise, and then sunrise is the end of his prayers. I suppose that you would all make, or the two of you would make your way to. I keep saying you all. Um, there's only two of us. <laughs> well, there's three. I mean, that's still a y'all. Like, no. Yeah, it's a plural you. <laughs> the two of you make your way to the precinct of the left eyes. Arriving, as described previously, for Segura, although Sudi hasn't been here in some time other oh. than the short period of time that you spent imprisoned here. <laughs> yeah, about yep. that. You reformed. Awkward. The precinct of Left Eyes is a towering structure of hardened granite, whitewashed to reflect the sun, although still just bled over into grays in portions, with battlements set atop it that looks more like a fortress and less like a guardhouse. Two guards would stand up front. One of them would step forward. Good afternoon. Do you have business at the precinct of left eyes? Yes, I have an appointment. Your name? Oh. 
I'm, I'm assuming you left them with Sagira Maeve unless you went for... Well, your, how am I? How would I prove that I was her daughter if I didn't use my name? You could be married. Who knows? That's true. Um, okay. I guess I would say Sagira Maeve. I see. You may follow me. Uh, Sagira nods and follows him. Sudi just trails behind. The guard would step forward to stop you as you would make your way forward. Uh, I am here for moral support for Sagira here. We do not have a waiting room. Uh, you may wait here if you so wish. Mm, I guess I'm waiting here. I guess. You look okay. familiar. I may have spent a brief stint here. And by brief stint, I mean like a year. I'll I'll just wait outside here. <laughs> <laughs> so he like awkwardly shuffles off like... The, uh, the taller of the two guards, one man who is tall, the other one who is somewhat shorter, would lead Sagir within. The shorter man would watch Sudi warily, and within only a minute or two, a second guard would descend their way down to stand guard at the post. Uh, Sudi, you could find a or find the shade of a date palm nearby to mm-hmm. make yourself comfortable while you wait. Sagir, you would be led inside. The man ahead of you would carry on some polite conversation. Just, you know, oh, well, warm weather we've been having recently. I really hate wearing this armor out in the heat like this. I can imagine. Blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. He seems polite. Sure. He would lead you into a different door than the one you'd gone to previously, where you'd been led to the administrative section. Instead, you'd be led to a door which would lead into a long hallway. He would have to knock on numerous doors. As he would knock on these, eye slits would open. He would address them before being led further. Three sets of doors in total. And it gets cooler and somehow damper. As you descend down the stairs, you'd make your way beneath the earth. Weird. Yeah, this is not super comfortable. No. For Sagira. <laughs> there is no light down here. And so only the light of the torch that this man would carry would cast illumination as you would make your way further. Distantly, you can constantly hear sounds. The clanking of chains. Dull moans. And this permanent smell of just mold. Mm. You probably consider for a moment how long Sudi was down in a place like this. And considering that I imagine your back already itches just from being confined down to a place. I mean, unlike even the sanctum of which you were in recently, or even the tomb of Akintepi, those were spacious affairs compared Mm. to the narrow hallways that you navigate on your way down here. You are thankful for the first time. Uh, well, I'm sure you've probably been thankful previously, but you are <laughs> thankful again for the fact that you are short, yep. considering that the nearly six-foot-tall Grundy man who would lead you would have to duck his way through every doorway as he would lead your way forward. Mm. Eventually, he would stop at a door. This is the cell of Jedov. Okay. The man that you came here to see. Um. So do I just go in and talk to him? You will leave your weapons with me. Ah, fine. I guess I leave my... Kopesh and my kukri and my bow. <laughs> Gotta go in there and kill with this bow. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's Point a weapon. Shot. He would take those. He would give you a brief cursory search, but you honestly don't get the impression that he's all that too concerned about nah. you going in there and killing this guy. What? Or if he does that... Yeah. I mean, if, if you did, you're not going to get far. Or he doesn't care if this guy dies. <laughs> you jump in there and kill him and he just locks the door behind you. Well, I guess this is Segura's <laughs> cell now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Wanders off. <laughs> Let me go update our records. The man would take your weapons, ask you if you have any questions before you make your way in. Um, how's, how did you catch him? When we arrived, he was there. Like standing over her body? 
Yes. How did what alerted you to show up on the on that night? A woman came out into the streets and found one of the patrols, saying that a strange man had, had entered into the Hall of Blessed Rebirth. Wow. What she, woman? I don't have the paperwork with me. I understand that she was a, a delivery person, providing mm-hmm. herbs and spices, frankincense, I believe, for use in the funerary practices. She said that she saw a strange man and then went to alert the authorities, since that man did not appear like he should be there. All right. When we arrived, we found this Jedif standing over the body covered in blood. He held a knife. We subdued him uh, with some violence. And then he confessed? Yes. We managed to extract a confession from him. Okay. I guess I don't have any more questions uh, for you. Very well. Keep this short. Five minutes. All right. I guess I'm going to go in there and process the fact that a delivery person knew who looked weird in a place. Um... He must have looked really weird. Racial profiling. And Tuck. <laughs> I'm going to see what this guy... His name is Jeff. Jeff. But it's... <laughs> my All name right. is Jeff. So you're just going to go inside. You would open up the small door. The door itself is heavily reinforced. It has a viewing slit set at the top so someone can open it up, glance inside. The guard would have done that to make sure that the man was securely in place. There's a second slot set down at the base of the door. To allow them to simply slide plates in Mm. and not actually even open it. As you would open the door, the chamber beyond reeks. There's that moisture smell again that seems to permeate this place. You guess this building is just close enough to the river that the surrounding land has absorbed the moisture over the years. Mm. Black mold would cling to corners of this (laughs) room. The entirety of the room itself no wider than about seven feet and only about the same in overall length. So you're just kind of crammed into this tiny chamber as you step inside. A chamber pot would set off towards one side, which does not seem to have seen any changing in recent days. Gross. A few empty plates would sit nearby where they just haven't come in to retrieve them yet. The smell of this man would be powerful. The stench of sweat and unwashed bodies over days. His hair would be plastered to his head. He wears nothing but a simple cloth that has been provided to him for any form of modesty. Although this looks to have been soiled long before he was here. His leg has been bandaged. Although just from the smell and the corners that you can see around that, you can tell that he probably has an infection from whatever injury was given to him and that this place is of no help. Yeah, well... The man would look up to you with sunken eyes. He bears numerous marks across his flesh, mostly brands, three of which you can see, two of which seem to mark him as a thief, Hmm. one of which seems to be a slave brand. Hmm. The door would be closed back behind you, just kind of cramming you into this tiny room. Is there light in here? Only the light that filters in through the open slit now, which provides some small amount of illumination. And fresh air. I have low light vision. I guess that's okay. He would eye you through his lank, oily black hair. Is, is it time? Are, are you here to kill me? No, because I don't want to take your place, and murder ends you in jail. Okay. Who are you? My, my name is Jadef. Son of Jadef. Why is that funny? <laughs> um... My and father was a Jadef. His father was a Jadef. <laughs> a long line of Jadef. <laughs> his full name is Jadef Jadef. <laughs> I guess I, I'm going to step away from the chamber pot as far as I can be away from that. About five feet. 
And uh, can I, like, look this guy over and see if he even seems capable of killing someone? Like, physically capable? The man where he's standing would probably be about five and a half feet tall. Uh, He has the emaciated build of someone who, one, seems to have probably lived just a hard life missing many mills. And two, probably living a life of various drug addictions and battles with such. Mm. You think some of the sweating comes less from just being down here or even the infection and more from withdrawals. Ah, if I'd been really smart, I would have brought drugs. (laughs) That might have shown up on the search and gotten you put in jail. I guess. He didn't search that hard. Okay. He just pockets it. (laughs) So... You could feasibly crouch if you want to. The man has his knees pulled up towards his chest and just sits in one corner. He is shackled to the far wall, although the shackle has enough lead that he could actually reach the door. Uh, Well, so he can get his food. Yeah. Uh, Then I guess I'm going to crouch and then immediately regret my life choices because it smells worse down here. It does. What were you doing in the Hall of Blessed Rebirth? I, I spoke to the guards. I explained this to them. Yeah, well, I'm not them. You can make me a diplomacy or intimidate check. Diplomacy it is. <laughs> I need to put some ranks in intimidate. 13? Uh, what's it matter? Well, it matters because the woman you killed, supposedly, is my mother. And I feel like the least you could do is tell me some things. Your mother? The woman. That you were standing in. hair. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I'm sorry. I, I, I went in there looking for, for something to take. Uh, trinkets that I could sell to the foreigners in town or uh, something that, uh, that I could get a few copper for. Okay. I, I I didn't kill anyone. I am inclined to believe you, but why were you covered in blood and holding a knife? That, that, there. I I saw what happened. I I talked to the guard, but they wouldn't. They wouldn't believe, and then and then the irons and the knives. The irons just, and the knives? Oh. I just needed them to stop. Maybe... Maybe it's it's better this way. There's... The priests of Phrasma, they say that there's no pain in the beyond. I... I've confessed. They... Maybe she'll judge me... Fairer in the next world. You know, I hope that that's true... Um, and, you know, if you're cool with the situation, that's fine, but... They're not going to believe me. I tried to explain. There was the other man. What man? They, the, the stranger. Uh, he was... Oh, he was tall. He was strong. His, his head was, was shaved. He bore marks. Marks, marks on his skin. Uh, he spoke with the woman. I, I only heard some something about uh, uh, visions. Um, 
uh, a, a, a sojourn. Um, huh. This man, he had a, he wore gold. Okay. Ringlets. Uh, pectoral. Like a priest would wear. Okay. He had marks on his skin, symbols. Some of them I knew, some of them I didn't. What? Which ones did you know? Uh, there were onks. Okay. Uh, and bull's heads. And then other symbols that I've seen. I've seen them on walls. Like the writing of the ancients. He had them had them marked into his skin. Can you draw them on the in the dirt? Uh, the floor in here is, oh. is hard. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. What did they look like? Can you draw them in the black mold? <laughs> can, you, can you use your blood to draw me some pictures? <laughs> okay, fine. What the, did the symbols look like? They were like a... There was one on his chest that looked like a sun with... With beams of light, there was there was one on his navel that looked like the opening of a, a lotus flower. There were others. They looked, they looked old, um, serpent designs and markings. Uh, there was one on his head. I saw it only, only for the briefest moments. He spoke to the woman. He said something about, about family, uh, her family maybe. And she refused him whatever he was asking. He said that he would would take it from her. He stabbed her. And then he stood there. He he whispered something. There was a, a a popping in the air. Like a like the pop that a campfire makes. But but there was no fire or light. He touched the, the woman's head and her moans stopped. Yeah, he took he took something out. He took something out and he placed it on her forehead. Uh, a, a rock, maybe, uh, a gemstone. Uh, he whispered something and then collected and then he turned. He was like a like a god. His features were chiseled, but there's a hardness to him. Like a, like someone burned by the desert. Hmm. And then on his forehead there was a, a symbol. It was different than the others. It was golden. A golden mark on his bronze skin. A large mark. Like a, uh, it was like a circle. But not, um, there was, there was a head to it. Like a snake biting its own tail. Oh. Just marked onto his forehead. I hid. When he walked by, I saw what he'd done. I knew what he would do to me if he saw me. When he passed, I waited. I, I got I got ready to run, but... It was too late by then. The, the woman, the dagger was fine. And <laughs> the woman's coin purse was still on there. He didn't take it. I, I, I dug through her pockets and took what I could. By the time that they arrived, I was, her blood was everywhere. I must have gotten it on me. I pocketed the knife, but they didn't. They didn't stop to ask. I said it was someone else, but they just mm-hmm. they stabbed me. He would gesture down to his leg, uh, and I surrendered. And then, and I came back, and they didn't believe me. The man was there. This, this, this figure. You know, he must have been a, a, a priest, maybe. 
So he was gone by the time they got there. Yes, he, he just walked out. He, he was carrying something with him. A stone? No, no, there was something that was tied to his belt, something large, like a, like a melon, maybe, in a pouch. Oh. But I swore I heard the pouch whisper. Huh. That's, that's what I saw, this man. Uh, I guess I'm going to sense mode of him. Yeah. Um, I roll well enough on that. And, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I get... I roll well enough. <laughs> I get a 16. Uh, with a 16, you can't imagine that he thinks that there's any way that you could save him. Mm-hmm. I mean, he has confessed under duress, but that's perfectly acceptable in Wati doesn't seem to really have any motivation for lying to you. And there's there's points of this that it's you're used to dealing with with drug addled people and drug mm-hmm. addicts in your previous life. They don't come up with this level of detail. Hmm. Well I guess Sagira's gonna stand up. For what it's worth, I do believe you. I don't know if there's anything I can really do for you. Um because these law-loving types aren't um, understanding. Could you find the man? That will be what I want to do next. He seemed he had magics. But maybe you can do something where where, where I, I couldn't. If I can't, I have friends who can. Uh, I suppose I'll stay here. <laughs> I'll see if I can convince them that they were wrong. But I'll see if I can get them to change your chamber pot at least. I'll, I'll <laughs> see what I can do, but you know, I can't make promises. You know, you know. She like, she like points at his brands and is like, you know how it is. I'll try. I, I, I know. It was always meant to end this way. Well, I don't know if that's true. That's some pretty divine intervention sounding stuff. But you know, greed can lead to your downfall. If only just took off instead of looting her body. Yeah, that's, what he, yeah, that's what he should have. And then I'm going to leave. Because <laughs> I was like, maybe I shouldn't be so greedy. That was a really, really bad thing that happened to this guy. It, yeah, it's like it's almost, it's almost like Phrasma uh, is telling you. It's almost like I have stealing. a pocket full of stolen gems. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I, I bought a talisman with it to give to the guy. But Phrasma is telling you, stop stealing from people. But- you would make your way out, I, get your gear back from the... the I will garden. get my gear back, and I will say, by the way, he definitely didn't kill her. The man confessed. Well, of course he confessed. You were burning him and torturing him. He was found with the murder weapon and her blood on him. Well, because he's a thief. Well, so he's guilty of something. Technically, you didn't let him leave with the stuff that he stole, so does that still count as stealing? Yes. Well, then I guess he's a thief, but he's definitely not a murderer. Yeah, follow me. I'm following him. Sudi, out on the street, you would watch the people come and go. Some people have business here. Other people have business elsewhere. Traveling further back towards the market, you would hear the rumblings from people as they would make their way by, complaining about the prices, complaining about how that seems to have escalated. Even bread and beer cost 10% more now than it was costing before, to the point that it's becoming difficult for many of the families here, as everyone's still trying to adjust to this 
in flux. Many of them would mention how these travelers from the north seem to have either gotten their fill of treasure or are done and have started hopping ships, making their way up to On and then further up the River Sphinx from there, hopefully back to wherever the heck they came from, as far as the people here are concerned. Hmm. A small girl would approach you. You don't think that she's probably any more than maybe maybe 10 or 11, but you can make a perception roll if you wish. Wow. I, I perceive. 27. 27? You don't actually think she's that young. She does appear to be a human woman, although she just looks to be very short and waifishly thin. Like a woman that has lived much of her life malnourished. Mm. She seems to be a beggar, judging by the number of people that she's walked up to up until this point. Although glancing yourself over, you doubt very seriously you look like someone who's going to have money. Yep. Unless you kept that Iune stone, which is circling your head. Did you keep that torch? You had a lot of torch <laughs> options. Uh, so I don't have anything. Oh, okay. I did not keep that Iune torch. Yes. Not much of value on you. The girl would approach closer. Lucky? She would address you by a name that you have not heard since your days in the Faded. Uh-oh. How do you know that name? I was told to find you. By who? I wasn't given a name. Hmm. The man, he wants to meet you. Where? He says in the place where you lost your way. Hmm. He says you alone at sunset. All right. Tell him I'll be there. And she would just kind of nod. Probably beginning to get ready to say something else or address you further before the guards would be like, Hey! No begging. <laughs> she would then just kind of slump her shoulders and make her way off further into the streets. Another one of the numerous orphans and street waifs in the city of Wati. Hmm. So you will sit and ruminate on just how in trouble he is. Which is probably very... In short order, the guards would return. Uh, it would take better the better part of about almost half an hour, give or take, for you know, Segura to make her way down there, go through all the checkpoints, talk with this guy. I think they left you in there for a little bit more than five minutes, but they don't have a watch. Uh, <laughs> yeah. you back through. I was going to say, there are probably no windows. Yeah. No windows, no, nothing like that, before Segura would be let out. I imagine with a, a contemplative look on her face, and I imagine quickly retrieve her ledger and jot down a few notes on yep. what she's learned. And Scribbling down so many things. Meanwhile, looking over at Sudi, who looks very grumpy. What happened to you? His whiskers are just hanging, drooping down. He's a, he's a little puffy. He's a little I puffy like glance enough. at you and say, what happened to you? And go back to scribbling. But I can listen. We've got the problem. Yeah. So, someone from the Fete reached out to me. They want to have a meeting tonight. What? It's been like two years? How long has it been? I don't know. It's been two years. They know. They knew my name, though. From when I was in with them. What, are they going to say that you're actually in the gang even though you went to prison? Probably. They said they want to meet where I lost my way at sunset. Lost my way probably means where I got caught. Oh, hey, I know where that is. Yes. So, I'm supposed to come alone, but I figured... Well, I'm going I'm so with you. I'd bring backup anyway. When are you meeting them? When are, when are we meeting them? We're meeting them at sunset. Which means you have about an hour and a half or so. Well, we better hustle. But while we hustle, let me tell you the craziest thing I've ever heard. What, you're... That guy did not kill my mom. We're, like, sprinting through the street. <laughs> and I'm looking at my so ledger and running mom. and glancing up and tripping because I'm really bad at dexterity. Ah, <laughs> yeah. oh, dang. Yeah, you're, like, post, pulling your out the papers and they fall everywhere. And I'm like, there was this... Okay, so Basically that guy... Basically every depiction of Clark Kent. 
(laughs) (laughs) That guy didn't kill my mom. He was just a thief who was trying to steal the murder weapon because it was real nice. I'm making a mental note to go and check that murder weapon out. And a mental note to go talk to my... Oh, my family. Gross. I really don't want to do... Okay. There was this guy who killed her. They had this argument about family killed her he's covered in all sorts of weird stuff like tattoos and or maybe marks i don't know maybe like on yuris's mark who had bronze skin surely god it's not on yuris he was he was bald on yuris wouldn't was kill the someone. description for a man with the symbol bald. of horus on his face well he had a gold symbol on his face but the symbol was supposed to be uh, like a snake biting its own tail which is different than on yuris's eye thing any mm. of those of you who wish may make me a knowledge religion knowledge arcana or craft alchemy Religion I it is. I definitely don't have craft alchemy, so... I get a 10. Uh, I'm rocking at 13 for Sudi. So the description of a snake eating its own tail does match that of the Orbors, mm. which is an ancient symbol depicting a serpent eating its own tail. This is basically an iconography that uh, has roots back from the origin of Osirian. Mm. So he carried a head in a sack. The guy said a melon, but it whispered and it was in a sack. I bet it was a head. Um, like, what kind of melon are we talking about here? Because he melons melon. come in a lot of different this sizes. This was a drug-addled, homeless dude. He just said melon. Are you sure he wasn't high while he was doing this? He very well could have been high, but this guy had a lot of details. Like, a lot. You know those Mamiya addicts don't have that kind of mm. wherewithal. Especially when they're coming down. Like, he's got to be in withdrawal at this point. Okay. All right. So All right. what else about this mysterious he, person? He was covered in a bunch of symbols. He spoke some weird language after he stabbed her and he touched her head. I think he stole her soul out of her body. You can do that? I don't know. There's a mask out there and there's a three-split soul guy. and You can make a knowledge arcana. I know nothing about arcana. I don't either. So <laughs> I just feel like anything is possible at this current moment. We have really teamed up the worst team here <laughs> to try to figure out what, I think, what I think all no of matter, this is over here. I think no matter how you divide a four-person team into, you've teamed up the worst. Yeah, pretty <laughs> Inevitably, you're pretty sitting much. there, it's like, on your and Citra are going to be sitting there, it's like, okay, so make a knowledge nature check, or make a... I actually don't really know what Sudi has as far as... Uh, engineering and history and religion, but I know that on your has, hist- has, has religion, so <laughs> my engineering and history skills are on fleek. Yeah. No matter what, it's the worst way to split a party. But yeah, and he was apparently very chiseled. Like, I have knowledge of planes. Can I roll knowledge of planes on that description of him? Like his like super chiseledy weird skin. His description was more or less that the dude was like ripped. Oh, I took it as like yeah. he looked like a dude made out of rock. Oh no 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 no! no, no. Like, it was more like he's carved like a Greek Adonis. Okay, he's like <laughs> yeah. a god. He's like on Eurus, but like even more ripped. Okay. And also apparently like kills people. And puts stones on their head and says magic words that sound like fire language. And then... Wait, was the description fire language? Well, like, it sounded like He said fire. that there was a weird popping thing, popping sound after he said the... Oh, words. I thought that was the spell effect. He said he spoke the weird language and then there was a weird popping sound following yeah. it, like the cracking of fire. Yeah, okay. Hmm. And I think he was my dad. What? Like my real dad. What? Oh, right. My real dad. I don't know who that is. <laughs> Oh, oh, what? Does this suddenly just become like, like, like Sudi just like so skips to a stop and it's just like, what? Wait, wait, wait. Okay, wait a minute. So you have a mother and a father, which I'm very jealous of. And, <laughs> don't be. But you have a father you don't know who his real father is because your mom cheated on your dad? Yeah, basically. 
Okay, okay, so this gives you the, the weirdness that we all know about with you. But... <laughs> okay, okay, wait, so weirdness. this individual... Wait, 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 you can't call me weird. You saw a sphinx once and got yourself arrested. Oh, that's not where I thought you were going. Can't call me weird. You're a five and a half foot tall walking cat. <laughs> <laughs> That's only a little weird. This is it's a fantasy world. That's not weird, I guess. I well, mean, it's, not it's in the south. A it's a little weird in Assyria. It's a little abnormal. But, okay, okay, wait. But this person has tattoos all over their body. Yeah, of like onks, like your homegirl, and serpents, and jackal heads, like... Uh, all of the old gods. The guy that's into the dead. What's his name? Uh, not on yours. What? He's know. not a god? Anubis. 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 Oh, okay. uh, and a lotus. And like sunbeams. And if I had better knowledge religion, I might know what all of those are. It was just all, like a lot of stuff. I mean, potentially you can make a knowledge religion check. All religion to roll to know what those are. I only get a six, so it makes sense how I describe I got it. an 11. I, that's not going to be enough to identify that. No. But I think that this guy is my father or was sent by my father or maybe my father's head is in his sack. That's whispering to him. Wow, that's gone to a really, and really then, dark place. And then my mom was like, I'm not going to tell you whatever it was about family, which is probably me. And then he killed her and he took her soul so he could question her later. And we have to find that guy because he sounds super bad. Okay, okay. A person like that, though, should stick out like a sore thumb. But he's got magic. Maybe. But a person like that should be easily spotted. There should have been other people who saw him as they exited, right? The delivery woman. The one that said that there was a problem. Well, also, apparently he's magic. So maybe he turned into a bird. Maybe he turned invisible. Yeah. Maybe he, maybe he was the woman. <laughs> maybe he was the woman. He, like, shapeshifted into a woman and then reported the crime and then left. <laughs> the guy didn't know her name. I'm going to have to see the file and the murder weapon. And then I'm going to have to go talk to my family, which totally is not a thing I don't, I don't, I don't really want to do that. But my dad, kind of dad guy, said that he had a box that my mom kept of stuff about my actual dad, which means I could maybe figure out who he was and if his head is in a sack or if he's an evil guy that murders people. And that's what I've discovered. Your family situation got a lot more complicated in this discussion. Yeah, like I, tried not, more I, I tried not to have one of those. And then, like, that didn't work out. All right, so short-term problem first. Yeah. We have to go meet with the fated. Long-term problem, investigating all of this. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if Onuris and Citra would be up for teaming up a little bit longer, because I think four heads would be better than two. Well, I think Onuris probably knows a lot more about weird symbols, and also, and Citra knows a lot of stuff about weird things. Okay, so... First off, let's get to this meeting place. Sudi, you do know the building in question. Specifically, you know it would be the third floor, the effectively the roof mm-hmm. of this three-story structure. Yep. I don't know if Sagira is going to accompany him up with it. There are some other larger buildings nearby if she wanted to find some place. Can I hide somewhere that I'm within? Parkour distance. <laughs> I was going to say short bow distance. Assassination a dis- distance? Right, I have uh, a, do you have a composite or regular I have a bow? composite. It says it's 70 feet. So, yeah. You'd be able to make your way to one of the surrounding buildings. Uh, what do you get taking 10 on a climb check? Uh, 14. 14. You could make your way into the alleyway here, uh, scramble a little bit to get up, mm. climbing along the outside, and then find one where you have a decent vantage of the roof. Effectively, you can see three-fourths of the roof, so if they're not closest to the exit 
from the interior of the building up on top of the roof, then you should be able to get a clear line of sight. Okay. I got your back, buddy. Sudi, you had managed to climb atop the structure, scout the side of the building with shocking ease before reaching the top. Have a light, please. Make sure you have a light so I can see. (laughs) Is the sun going down? The sun is steadily setting. The sky has turned that same reddish purple that it usually does at this time during the day. Distantly, somewhere further away, you can hear the screech of a falcon. Hmm. There are a number of pillows that have been set up here, as well as what amounts to just a brazier that would allow someone to feasibly do some form of cookout here. Hmm. At the moment, though, this place is unoccupied. You would have a second to kind of sit up here in the silence, watch the boats steadily make their way in to uh, Bargetown. After a while, you'd only be left with the sound of the wind and the occasional sharp fulp sound of one of the nearby tarp overhang catching in the wind and snapping taunt before releasing. Snapping taunt before releasing. From here, Sudi, you have a clear view of Ubat's folly just there at the edge, just standing in the river nearest to the necropolis. The Sphinx standing and staring impassively and mysteriously as it always has. For a moment, you think you see shadows move at the edge of the Sphinx. Something that would cause you to tense with that same, that same feeling of elation, that same momentary anticipation of answers before you would notice the man. You don't know when the man arrives. So much as becoming aware that he is standing, just in the shadow of the eve. Segura, from your distance, you can only make out the the vaguest edge of his outline. Hmm. You saw him step forward, your angle was better, but Sudi seems to have simply been lost in thought. Turning, the figure wears what appears to be a simple black robe. This attaches to a hood, which is pulled down somewhat, although enough to obscure some of his face, but not entirely. You can see that there's curly black hair underneath it. The fine features of a man probably approaching his middle age, with a well-trimmed mustache and beard. He has a face that you would honestly consider to be pleasant. And leans somewhat heavily on a, on a cane. Good evening. I'm pleased that you could join me. You didn't give me a whole lot of time to get over here, but I am here. Time is a luxury that, that we do not always have. Hmm. So yes, thank you for coming. They called you Lucky. Lucky Contar. Are you? I was, once. I don't go by that name anymore. (laughs) He would make his way forward. Kind of a step, step. There's a bit of a limp there. As if there's a tightened tendon in his left leg. Enough that you don't think the cane is really necessary, but enough that he still uses it to support himself as he makes his way forward. The hooded man would step up alongside, watch you for a moment before tearing his gaze from you and staring out towards Ubet's folly. Who are you? I have many names. The people here, the people of Wati, call me the Viper. With that, your mind would go flooding back to stories of the leader of the Fated, this viper who has been in charge of the organization for years. Hmm. You have never met the man, although his stories are legendary, both in his cunning and at some points in his violence. 
Wait, so does Sagira recognize him? Can you hear? Uh, neither of you had ever actually seen him face to face without him being in shadows, so on. If you heard his voice, you would probably recognize it. Oh, okay. But it's one of those, like, he's usually in shadowy back rooms and behind a fog of smoke. He is known for his eccentricities as well as his theatrics. Hmm. I didn't realize I would uh, garner an audience with a living legend. What have I done to deserve this honor? You know, I had considered this for some time. Your mistake years ago cost us not so much that I would uh, I would deal with you directly. Uh, and then I hear that you uh, you served your time. Hard labor and all that. Breaking rocks with your fists or whatever it is you do. <laughs> uh, then you entered the temple. Septi. Oh, Septi. She is a, she's a thorn in the side for the nobility of this city. Many of them despise her. She's like us. She came from little or nothing. She's a devout individual. And more than that, she is powerful in her devotion. So powerful. While you were under the protection of the church, well, let's simply say I did not wish to get involved, but <laughs> a person, a little bird, he tells me that little Lucky Contar has abandoned his post out into the world. A kitten no longer hiding in the shadow of his mother. Intriguing. And with the Little one, Mabe, the two of you working together again. So exciting. Do you know how I came to be in the position I am? I can't say that I do. I killed a lot of people. Are you here to kill me then? Kanta, you hurt me. <laughs> you would uncomfortably place a hand on your shoulder. Oh god, Sooty bristles and puffs up a little bit. Do we have a signal? It's probably going to be when I start punching him in okay. the face. <laughs> it's probably when I scream in pain or start punching, whichever comes first. I'm going to use my best judgment here. Okay. I was happy to help you before, when your father died, to take you in. I asked for little in return. I gave you even a way out. The little one, she took advantage. I'm sure she expects me to double deal at any time take it back but no she made me a lot of money and you well you lost me a lot of money but that's water under the bridge I have a new concern one that I know is a concern of yours mm, what's that the silver chain Sooty bristles even further you're aware they're here a certain guardsman who owes me a certain something mentioned an attack by the silver chain. I didn't think a great deal pertaining towards it. I was trying to figure out a way I could turn it to my advantage. And then he mentioned, he joked in passing about them uh, attacking a, a black cat that walks on four legs and a black cat that walks on two. <laughs> <laughs> and this black cat, of course, he mentioned, must be you. So... So I thought to myself, we could make an alliance, you and I. To what end? Are you interested in the silver chain? 
I'm interested in finding out why they're interested in Wati, if that's what you're asking. I am interested in having them gone. Hmm. Well, how exactly would you imagine them leaving the town? I would say in pieces would be ideal. Hmm. My understanding, however, is that that is not exactly your approach. Not anymore. They are strange now. I know the Silver Chain. I've known them from before. This is not the first time they've come to Wati. But it is the first time they're being led by some religious zealotry. Yes, that is curious. Mm. These golden masked individuals. Hunters after something. Searching in the dead city. Bad for business. You understand. Mm. I could imagine. I had my own group included into the, uh, the drawing. The four of them disappeared into the dead city. I have not seen them since. I can only assume the Silver Chain found them as well. There were rumors that there was a roving band attacking some of the adventuring groups, so that wouldn't be completely unexpected from what we know of the Silver Chain. I'm trying to narrow down their location. But to do that, you may have to go back into the necropolis. True. But I have many means at my disposal. However, you're aware of the Faded. Mm. We do not pick fights. We are not stabbing people. Our business is business. You, however, you have years of training and experience now to fight and to kill. And I remember that, uh, that little Mabe was always happy to pick a fight with someone bigger than her. She doesn't have the same moral obligations that I do. But yes, we're not afraid of a fight. Good. Especially not with a group that tried to kill us. Good. I want you to remember something, Sudi. What's that? You place both hands on your shoulders. God, what is with the I'm guy and the, and the inappropriate touching, man? Bad touch. I want you to remember that I have never tried to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> like he's playing the lesser of two evil cards. That's it's really not funny. wrong. We, we had a mutual agreement, and if you do this for me, I will consider things to be even for us. In fact, maybe we could start to be friends again. Imagine what we could accomplish together. Mm. Just think on that. Think. There's a brazier here, you say. There's some driftwood in it, brought in from the north. When lit, it will create a green flame. When you are ready to seek out the silver chain, light it. Give me a few days. Two or three should be fine. I should hopefully have a better idea of of where I am and where we are going by that point. I will have a lookout. I'll keep an eye on you in the meantime for your own protection. Mm. I understand. Of course. I'm so glad that we could come to an agreeable end to this situation. Mm. Yes, we definitely have... A mutual understanding. Yes. You're so respectable now. I try to be. Mm. It's a daily challenge. <laughs> Very well. I'm glad that we are friends once again, you and I, side by side. I am so happy to see the man that you've become. You know, Lucky, I'd, I'd always thought of you like a son. <laughs> Even though I've never met you before this moment. Say, never met me in this life. Come, come here. Come here. 
Oh God! Oh God! We bring Awkward you in hugs. for a hug. Oh God! It's a Voldemort oh, hug. <laughs> oh God! Voldemort hug. Should I shoot him? Gently, so, gently pet the back of your head. Oh my God! Sudi's gonna like do that thing where he like puts his arms out <laughs> to show that he's not punching this guy right now. Fine, I guess. I'm and kind of do this so that Segura doesn't shoot this guy in the head. It's good because my dexterity's real low. <laughs> it is, but I'm definitely gonna have his, my my hands out in a. Please also, the don't viper's using him for cover. Uh, possibly also this. He would release you. Awkward. Good. Very good. Sudi. I will call you by your name now. You are no longer the Faded. But we, we are friends now, you and I. Even though I don't know your real name, Viper. You know, sometimes, sometimes I don't remember myself. Mm. You wear the mask for so long, and sometimes you forget what's beneath. I will leave you to your evening. Say hello to the little one for me, will you? I will. Good. He would make his way sauntering back towards the door before descending down the stairs and out of sight. You hadn't noticed how almost uncomfortably cold it became in the time since then as the sun has set fully. Sudi's going to give a little... Sagira, however, did notice and is shivering. <laughs> I'm so sick. Don't you have cold resistance? Oh, yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a shiver at how creepy that entire it's, exchange was with, like, the inappropriate touching. I need to know about this hug. Ugh. Anyway, I'm on my rooftop, so, and I guess I'm going to just... Sudi's going to give him, like, me. about five minutes to clear out before descending down and meeting back up with Sagira. Sagira would notice some shadowy movement from the other buildings. Hmm. This would persist for about 30 seconds before everything on the rooftops would just kind of fall still with Sudi just kind of shivering and I imagine still staring at the moonlight glinting off of the mysterious face of the Sphinx out in the water. Hmm. I guess I'm gonna climb down once I'm sure there's no one there. Sudi eventually descends. Yep. Meet back up with Sagira. I guess we'll walk toward the tooth and hookah. Mm. Well, good news. We're not in as much trouble as I thought we were. He hugged you. That was really creepy. Oh, don't even get me started. That's why I put my arms out so I wouldn't start punching him. Is that two weird scritches in one day? That is two weird scratches. Oh, no, no. It's a new day. Actually. Oh, it is a new day. So, Just kidding. It's a two, new day. It's a new weird scratch. <laughs> two, I think you're starting two to... Two weird scratches in as many days. What is it about you that makes people want to touch you? My fur is soft. And people think I'm just an overgrown kitty. I reach over and I, like, pet him on the shoulder. Really? Really? What, and then what? I pet him on the face. Really? You are you are horrible. And he sneezes <laughs> in your face with his disease. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, do you also have what I have? Because I think it's fine. I have filth fever, yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. I can't re-give you filth fever, so it's fine. it doesn't stack. It's fine. Okay, so what <laughs> did uh, what did She the probably got want? some new disease just from going down in that cell. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to take a bath. There's a bathhouse. It's really nice. Now that I can afford to go in there, it's really nice. Anyway, the Viper... Are you for real? Oh, that's who it was. At least he said he was. Huh. That's, uh... That's interesting. Yes, what he asked is... Honestly, not as much as I was expecting. What does he want? Well... The silver chain are interfering with his business. (laughs) And he wants them gone. Oh, well, yeah, so do we. That seems easy. That's how he's going to let you out? That's how we get out. Ah, I'm already Or at least out. I get out. You're apparently already out. I've been out. Good for you. Mm-hmm. So, at some point, we have to figure out how to uh, encourage them to leave. I think we're possible. just going to 
kill them, right? Uh, I don't want to kill them. That's a lot on my conscience. Okay, we'll kill the leaders, and the rest will disband. This might be acceptable. I mean, it worked that... very well for the scorched hand. Well, the kid didn't like that one kid. He was yes. You know, the lower-ranking gang members are always just desperate people. Yeah, the more concerning thing is he's aware of their new leadership. Did he tell you anything helpful? No. Apparently there's more of them. Of the ones who wear golden masks. I mean... It's not... It's not the worst thing. What if we keep some of the golden masks and we infiltrate? Not that I know where they are. We only have one, and I don't know if it's the right one. I thought we had like 12. What? Do we have 12 of them? It was a bunch. Oh, okay. Well, I mean... Maybe, but we'd have to know where they meet, how they dress. Well, details. Lots of information. We'll figure out details. But the man is trying to be familial with me. It's Mm. gross. Well. I don't trust him. That's how snakes are. You don't ever see their backstabs coming. Well, it's more the fact that I think what he was trying to do is try to play on my not having a family. And be like, oh, we are family. Here, give me a hug, son. (laughs) You never even met that guy. I know, that's why it was really weird. He's a weird guy. Navigating through the benighted streets of Wati, the city would quiet down. The winds would pick up, coming in out of the desert and blow slow eddies of sand across the cobbled stone streets as you make your way, eventually arriving at the Tooth and Hookah. The music here would pick up. As you begin to approach, you can hear it clearly through, and then as you make your way in, you would see celebrations from more adventuring parties that managed to survive their excursions into the dead city. As you would make your way in, though, you would see that, or you don't see any sign of your compatriots or Tetmanib. They may very well be upstairs. Mm. You would, however, notice that Kepri is here. Oh. 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 I guess I'm going to go over to her and say what's... She would sit near the bar, just kind of nodding to people. You would notice that there would be a number of uh, gentlemen here, which would awkwardly glance in her direction (laughs) and then make their way (laughs) off. Strangely, she would sit on a stool, and sitting in the stool next to her would be a large box. That's weird. She would beam upon seeing the two of you hopping up towards her feet as you make your way in. What's going on? I wanted to find you. I didn't know if you were coming back to the temple tonight. Oh, I am. I'm... I have to get some healing from a priest that's hopefully upstairs, but then, yes. A strange man came by. A tall man with a beard. Okay. He didn't say much. He simply gave me a a box and said that... He said someone else's name and then said, for you. Oh. Okay. Um... He he said it was something about your mother. Have I talked to Kepri since my mom died? I don't remember. I don't think so. You stayed the night there with her. Oh, I guess I did. I imagine you guys had some sort of talk at some point. As you yeah, were... that's true. Huh. Well, he, um, that must have been Bentu, which means this must be what my mom was keeping about my real father. Hmm. Hmm. That is interesting. Thank you for bringing it. No, again, I, I didn't know if you were coming back, and I didn't know how immediately important it was. I, I know that you you're all doing a lot of yeah crazy stuff right now. I don't know how important it is either. I don't even... I have no idea what could be in that box, to be honest. No, you just gave me a box and a, a scroll tube. Oh. Is that in the box, too? No. You hand over the scroll tube. Mm, maybe we should try to open this in a more private location. Mm, why don't you come upstairs? We're, uh... We have a friend who might be a mummy. We don't know. <laughs> That's not how it um, works. If you, if you remember how we discussed... 
If you listened back to the last episode. That it turns you into dust. Fine. He got bitten by a mummy and he might turn to dust. Is that better? Yes, because then he's not a mummy rampaging around going, ah, and giving everyone mummy rot and turning into more zombies or more more mummies. <laughs> and then you end up with an apocalypse. Okay, well, regardless, we have, there's a room upstairs where we're all meeting. That's better for talking about things that are personal uh, if you want to well. come hang out with us. So we grab this stuff and hustle up to Falto's suite. Mm-hmm. Very well. You could find a room up in Falto's suite. Tetmanib is here uh, and seems to be taking care of Falto at the moment. Okay. We're you next. could find a quiet corner off to the side and wait and see whether or not he's going to be dead. I mean, I'm sure I'll hear. I'm assuming that Onuris and Citra aren't here. They would probably be in the room with Falta. Oh, uh, they got it. Makes sense. I want to open this box. So I'm just going to go into the an empty-ish room or maybe a room where Onuris yeah, is staying. Yeah, I mean, you could step somewhere. into a side room if you so wish. And then uh, I want to see what's in this. Does Sudi get to see what's in the box? Yeah. Y'all can. I mean, I, we, were, we, were, we were all three talking. We can all okay. see what's in the box. Cool. Cool. Um, so I don't know if it's like a personal thing. I don't know if I want Onuris to see what's in the box because he's very judgy. Um, but then I'm going to open the scroll tube, I guess. So you open the scroll tube or the box? The scroll tube. It feels like a card present situation. <laughs> <laughs> what a most somber presence, though. So, I mean, we're a very serious family. <laughs> opening the scroll tube, a scroll would fall out into your hand. The scroll is secured on both ends with a, a heavy wooden pole to allow you to unroll it. It seems to be written on both sides, hmm. although the back side of it looks to be odd. It doesn't look to be writing so much as some sort of a symbol to letter key. Oh, that's... I'm going to look at the... F- Can I read the front of it? Reading the front? It's written in common. <laughs> Dang it! That jerk! Take that. The entirety of this is fine parchment. The front of it is written in fine purple ink. Uh, and the flowing, sinuous handwriting that you associate with your mother's notes. Mm. It reads as follows. My dear Halima, as I am writing this, spring has come to Wati. Merchant ships return to the markets. Students crowd back into my halls. And I know that this will be the last spring I'll ever know. I will not live to see the summer lotus flowers bloom. I will not see you again. It has been five years now since last we spoke. Since that fateful night when you confronted your father. Since that fateful night when you discovered who, or perhaps better, what, you are. I never spoke much to you about my own life. There are things there, dangers, that I wish to hide from you. I wanted you to have choices that I did not, but perhaps I succeeded only in putting you on the same path that I walked. Before I married your father, the two of us met in the libraries of Tefu. He was a poor boy from Wati, trying to increase his station. I was the oldest daughter of the noble house of Kufri. Our family were old blood, and the women of our line were gifted with divine visions and ocular abilities. As such, my life had been decided for me from birth. But when I met Bintu, I decided that I would make my own way. I fled the city and my responsibilities and joined him in Wati. We were poor in the beginning. We were married and soon had two mouths to feed those of your brothers, but little income 
as mortuary assistants. One day, I learned of an expedition heading into the parched dunes. They offered more gold than we earned in a year. And so, against Bentu's wishes, I joined them as a guide. My second sight proved to be a valuable asset over the months that followed. But this expedition was doomed from the start. Only two of us survived. Myself, and a gifted swordsman named Samir. He possessed the blood of the elements. And he was your father. I returned to Wati, and Samir left back into the desert. Bentu knew that I was unfaithful, but tried to raise you as his own, something that he failed at. My visions have always been hazy, but I knew the course your life would take, and I'm sorry for the struggles that you have endured, and the ones still to come. I wish I could explain everything to you here, but without context, little would make sense. Within this box, I have included my papers and journals, although I always wrote them in a cipher. On the back of the scroll, you will find the key to translate them. I would ask you not to pursue the man who will murder me, but I know that you will. I would ask you not to seek out your father, but I know that you will. I would tell you to beware the parched dunes, but that will be your course. Take care, my daughter. Anubis, watch over you. Hmm. Opening the chest, you would find that the box is filled with what appear to be six separate journals. Wow. As well as what looks to be some simple traveling clothes. Hmm. Probably something that she wore maybe in her youth on expedition. A strange chunk of granite, although black, as if it's taken off of a much larger hole, like the corner of something. Hmm. And finally, two anklets. Both of these are designed and inscripted with symbols of Anubis. Does Sudi know that your name is Halima? No. Okay, then. No one goes by their real names. <laughs> We're a party of people who don't use our real names. Citra might actually use her real name. No, uh, so then it's going to just be a... Sudi's going to have this this thing of, I see you, and they're not using your real name club either. Apparently, I need to go back to being called Lucky. Yeah, I don't think you should. Um, You're not very lucky. <laughs> <sighs> it's through. Capri would shake her head. Alima was the name that the man said. That was your father. Well, he raised me for some years of my life. But apparently my father is some guy named Samir. Who had the blood of elements. Which is why I am what I am. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. But that means this is a cipher. Which means I can use the cipher to decode these journals and no more. When was this written? Because it makes mention of things that haven't happened yet. Since she referenced the spring and five years, it meant that it would have been in the last couple of months. Yeah, a couple months ago. Because it's been five years since mm. you've left, and it's spring right now. And she knew she was going to be killed, but she didn't do anything to prevent it. Well, the weird thing about it is prophecies not, aren't supposed to be super reliable anymore. Mm. They haven't been for over 150 years. And the priests of Phrasma say that oftentimes in the short term divinations will work. Exactly. You can't see far ahead, but... Which means know. this whole thing with the parched dunes and all of that, this should be coming up fairly soon. It feels as though we are on a course to something. Do I know about the parched dunes? Uh, you may make an old geography. I have that, hey! <laughs> I sure don't. 
I know a lot about that, apparently. I get a 23? With a 23. The Parched Dunes are one of the harshest of the deserts in the entirety of Osirian. Hmm. Um, they're actually a bit to the north and west on the other side of Tefu. They are vicious, violent places, of which you understand that there's almost no civilization out there. Almost nothing can live out there. Hmm. But oftentimes there are strange... Ancient Osiriani ruins, pyramids, and sphinxes that people don't even know how they were constructed out there. Interesting. Parched dunes are certain death, but they're all sort of interesting ruins, sphinxes. Sphinxes? Like the real ones? I don't know. Maybe. Probably. Who knows? I'm like, you make a geography? 23. 23? Yeah. There are known to be sphinxes, merats. Um, I can't remember the name of them off the top of my head. The centaur scorpion people. Oh. What? The Scorpion Kings. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there are. Oh, the wait, the centaur scorpions, meaning like the lower half is a scorpion and the upper half is a man? Yeah. The Scorpion King. Yes, there are sphinxes. Um, no, you should not go because you will die. We'll actually let you guys make a, uh, we'll make an intelligence check. I get a nine. Uh, Sudi gets a 15. Sudi, you would know that you maybe have some other information available pertaining towards this. Not you personally. On Eurus. But if On Eurus was wandering the deserts near Tefu, he was wandering the parched dunes. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. So On Eurus could be our uh, guide. Well, we have to have a reason to go there. Sphinxes? I don't currently. Sphinxes is a good reason. Well, the note says that it is your course. Well, but since when do we set our course based on a dead lady's? Note. Oh, that's true. Plus, we still have current things in Mati we need to address. I think it's much more important to find Sumir and the man who killed her. Mm. Because if he's looking for me and he doesn't find me, he will keep looking for me and possibly kill people that know me. It's very interesting. What is his motivation? What's the. Says something about family. Which, if she came from. Do I know anything about her family? Uh, you may make an alternate ability. I'll ask on Eurus later. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say neither of us have that. Oh, well. Um, so maybe it has something to do with those guys? And potentially, if she specifically said the women in her family line possess visions and oracular abilities. Yeah. You don't know if that extends to you. but you got, you I certainly it. don't seem to. <laughs> mm, maybe it's the, uh, the weird elemental stuff. No, that seems to come from Dad. Well, I'm saying what maybe the weird elemental stuff cancels out the the, the seeing visions. I do have a cool cat. That's where it would cat. sit nearby and lick herself. Is, is, <laughs> Isra, is, is, be is a, a lady. Is, is it <laughs> giving you visions? No, I haven't had any visions. Then there's still hope. The cat I mean, I had a, I, <laughs> it would be very useful to be able to see the future. I had a weird dream, but it's not the future. It was like a weird memory dream. Oh, that's disappointing. Oh, well. But I suppose as you would sit, you would hear the sounds of Tetmanib finishing, making his way out. You can only hope that that's a good thing. I uh, guess I'm, we're going to... Yeah, I guess we'll emerge. getting ready to uh, receive your own magical healing and tending to. Uh, as you now have more questions, having met with the head of the Fated, having learned more about the... Or at the very least, learned this new villain that appears to have emerged, murdering Sigura's mother and preparing to... Do God's knows what pertaining towards uh, Sagira herself. It's getting uh, it's getting complex up in here. And all these new revelations about Sagira's parentage. Tetmaniv would uh, emerge, followed by Citra and Onuris, whom I will not play because they are not here. And do they look sad? Yes. No. 
and I'll edit in whichever answer. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll pick it up here next time, Pathfinders. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Oh man, I was going to ask him to see if any of this stuff was magic because none of us know these things. <laughs> Quick on yours, tell us about the parts dudes. Is anything here magical? Oh, guys thanks for listening to the latest episode if you want to get in contact with us you can go to our twitter at find the path chan you can also use our hashtag find the path pod we have a subreddit now at r slash find the path podcast we also have a website find-path.com our blog is there with our little character vignettes and our character sheets if you guys are interested in those and if you want to send us a question that we can answer in our after parties, email us at findthepathchannel at gmail.com. If you're listening on iTunes or have access to iTunes, we'd really appreciate it if you went on and gave us a review so more people can find us. Good luck, Pathfinders!